Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty slick today. I'm really worried about you. Why? Well, because last episode, you were looking pretty sweaty. And this episode, you're you're still looking pretty sweaty, but you're also wearing a tux. It's photo day, right? Yeah, but why are you sweaty? I don't want to talk about that on air, <laughs> but I look good, right? And it's photo day. <laughs> you look good for you, I guess. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm starting to get the idea. I'll put some lipstick on you, too. I, oh, man. <laughs> I'm starting to get the idea that I dressed up for the wrong kind of photo today because our guest is wearing a shirt that says sportsphotos.com. Let's uh, welcome Brandon Schatz of sportsphotos.com. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you down. I've been kind of meaning to get you down here for a while. Um, tell us a little bit about sports photos. Yeah, so when we uh, first started out, we were uh, focusing on being a uh, platform for independent photographers across the country to take photos like high school games and things like that to be like an e-commerce solution. Um, and so that's how it started out. And uh, today we're, uh, we're right now we're doing a lot more in the service business. So we service a lot of events like marathons, fun runs, 5Ks, and stuff like that uh, all over the country. So you, Watson, you asked why I was sweaty. Well, I just finished running a 5K yeah. in this tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. And I picked Brandon up at the finish line because he's there taking my picture. He looked good. Yes, yes. Well, we, we made him look good. Yeah. Yeah. Was he wearing gold shoes? Always. I'm yeah. wearing them right now. This guy is always These wearing. Are, gold I'm wearing shoes. a really shiny <laughs> pair of gold he shoes came, today. He came in last place, didn't he? Uh, yes. So, oh, yeah. dude, any any distance race that I participate <laughs> in, I am at definitely last place or I or what do they say? Is it DNF did not finish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a DNF kind of guy. So, so Brandon, what made you want to start this whole thing? Well, uh, you know, whenever I uh, played some sports, um, you know, uh, it, was, it was really nostalgic about just, just going back and uh, not having any of that history. You know, I moved around a lot as a kid. And, um, you know, I just kind of thought that it would be a great, uh, a great thing to be able to have access to all this data. I mean, the, the photos exist somewhere. And so I thought that we could create like an internet archive of photography. So that, that was kind of my uh, passion. Also, at the same time, Instagram just sold for a billion dollars. And so I was like, hey, there's something to photos. You know, there's something here. Um, and so I chose sports because there's a lot of metadata on sports. So there's like the school the players, the team. And so eventually we can kind of, you know, bring all that together in one spot. So was the original idea to help monetize uh, for the photographers so they could go and take photos and then easily sell the photos? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and, and you can look at that as more like a marketplace concept. Uh, right now, everybody has their own website. They're doing their own thing. And um, I saw this as a niche that uh, if we could pull everybody into one place, everybody benefits um, so if like maybe you didn't see the photos of uh, the game before of your kid, but then whenever you um, hear it get promoted, you know, one website get promoted, if you check out the photos of the kid, then you may see previous photos of your kid. So I actually have a sports photo from today. It's my uh, three-year-old's first soccer event. Awesome. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. 
I might have to frame that one. <laughs> you know, run it through sportsphotos.com. I might, yeah. You know, I, I'm going to jump right into my number one question. How the hell do you keep track of 10,000 photos that you take of all these people finishing a marathon? Like what happened? Like I, I get it. Cause you know, every time there's a local fun run or something like that, see a couple people on Facebook, they're posting a picture or whatever. And I get it. If it's my own camera, mm -hmm. I can't even keep track of my own pictures. Like how do you do that for 5,000 people? Yeah. So for, let's just use the, the uh, Kansas City marathon, for example, after the event, we'll have, you know, 65,000, 70,000 images um, to process. And um, we, we go through, get rid of anything that's blurry out of focus. Um, and, and we you know, spend, a lot, spend a lot of time editing those photos. Do you have um, to do that manually? Well, we do a lot of batch processing. So as long as the photographers are very consistent, it's fairly easy because we can apply, we can edit a, you know, a few and then apply those settings to a lot of other okay. uh, photos. So there's, some, there, there's ways to speed that up. But um, once we get the photos on the platform, we break things down by the, uh, the time. Um, and then we also bib tag all of the uh, photos. I thought the bib probably had something to do with it. So does the so you you work in conjunction with the race? Do they give you the contact informa information? Yes. Based on okay, exactly. So they share the information with us, and uh, we use the race information to, uh, to to say here are all the photos we found you in. Um, so we actually manually uh, tag every single person in the race. We outsource that. Um, that process of so just entering the numbers of every every number that's on people. Um, and then we also, like sometimes uh, if we know we see your number in one image, we'll, you know, tag you in other images as well. So so right now it's still a very uh, time-intensive uh, human process. So, yeah. so after the race, a couple days later, do I get an email from the race or an email from you? You get an email from us. Okay. We so say, when I signed up for the race, I somehow opted in for the fact that they were going to send my information to you. Correct. With my bib number yes. and contact information. Right. Well, and we have an agreement that that's the only use for that information. Um, you know, so like you didn't the, sell it to Russia? We don't sell it to Russia. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we send you that email saying, here are all the photos you, that, uh, that we found you in. That's been the best way to deliver the photos is just that, that email. Um, so a lot of people that go to our website may not know what we do, but it's because they haven't run, run, run yeah, a race sure. that we've done. Yeah. And so, um, so then yeah. what does it cost me? Does it cost me 20 bucks to get the photos? Yeah. So how does that work? We early on, we, um, studied that and, um, the, the stats were only 5% of people actually bought photos. Now, if you're in a, like a really, um, a prestigious race, like the Boston marathon or something like that, those would have higher percentages, of course. Or you were in a tux. Yeah. Right. Um, so th that's horrible. Imagine you do all this work and you're only delivering 5% yeah. of photos. Um, so for me, I didn't want to be a photo sales guy. I want to be like a, uh, something that adds value to the community and someone that like, um, is like, here you go. So each event we do, uh, we've worked it out with either a, the race director to where they pay for it as part of their entry, or we work with a sponsor to pay for, uh, the photography. And most of the, so I, it's free for all the races. It's, they it's don't free. Pay. Yeah. So so you're getting like a, a a couple dollars per participant or whatever it comes out to be. Well, somehow. that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, a couple dollars would be amazing. Okay. Um, and I think as we add more value to the sponsor, we can get our you know the yeah. participant price up. Okay. So but, um, when I, when yeah. I when I went across the finish line in my tux, it might say. Uh, jersey mike subs down in the corner is that the kind of sponsorship sometimes um you know there's a 
and Jersey Mike's, if you heard that, please send the check. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're working on making that better. So, uh, you know, we're kind of uh, following some guidance from like Snapchat and stuff like that on the frames. We're looking at creating a guideline to where we can uh, make sure that it's, it's still visually aesthetic and then it only takes up a certain percentage of the frame and, you know, uh, and that it adds value, doesn't take away. Um, so a lot of times this combination of the race having some promo or, you know, a, a spot on there and then as well as a sponsor on there. It still seems like you could charge the consumer extra. Yeah, so they can order prints, um, but when okay. you're giving away free high-resolution downloads, we don't really sell a lot of prints. Okay. I guess that would make sense. So that sounds like a lot of data. And, you know, I, I yesterday through the camera on my Mac, I recorded a 90-second video, and it was a gig. Right. Now, I know that now, for those of you listening outside of Kansas City, uh, several years ago, Google Fiber came and strung up some high-speed internet uh, all around town. Um, was that one of the things that made made it all a lot easier for you? Because I know you live down in the uh, what we refer to as the startup village, right? Yeah, so that, that, that's what actually brought me to Kansas City. Um, I didn't. He's the one guy. I am, I am oh, the, the one, one guy. guy. That's one of the reasons we moved here, even though we never used it. Wow, yeah. well, there's two of you. Yeah. Yeah, so we were uploading at that time, you know, 30 gigs was a lot to us. And so I was paying for the best internet you get to the cable company. I didn't want to commit to a, you know, five-year agreement with a, a fiber provider, you know. So um, you roll into Starbucks, use the <laughs> Wi-Fi. Not at all. You know, like, <laughs> so, so at that time, like one gig, you know, uh, you were pretty much uploading one gig per hour. So um, Yeah, so slow. Now on uh, Google Fiber, you're talking about, you know, about two gigs per minute, you know, so that's crazy. You know, the game. Instead yeah. of 30 to 40 hours, upload 30 gig, you're talking about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, no doubt. And I, it, I, you know, you've talked to, I talked to a lot of people or, you know, we all do about different internet speeds and everyone's obsessed with the download speed. And, you know, sometimes you run into these internet service providers and they get this, you know, really fast download and then they've got like, you know, five megabytes per second upstream. And, and I think that I've really learned being someone who makes videos a lot and does different stuff like that. I've really learned to appreciate the value of fast bandwidth going upstream, because like you said, like, um, it's usually an afterthought. Yeah. Video takes a huge amount. It's, you know, just basically yeah. a ton of pictures and it well, like, it's important in our office here so we can push code. Yeah. Right? We can upload code to the, yeah. to the cloud, like as fast as possible. Well, it's like, yeah. Yesterday in Gigabook, we were at our office overseas. We had to download a 20 gig file. It was okay. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't super fast. And those are the times you start to realize, and you know, it seems like data is, is swelling in a lot of regards and, you know, some of it's a lot more compressed. So what were some of the, uh, you know, we like to talk about the problems that our businesses and our guest businesses have. Uh, what were some of the things you encountered and had to deal with along the way? So uh, initially, you know, whenever you're trying to build a marketplace and you're trying to like, you know, you know, our, our, the take, our take would be 20%. We would pay the photographers 80% of whatever sold. That was the initial idea. And when you're making 20% on, you know, $15 sales, you know, you need a lot of volume in order to make any kind of substantial business. And so that was, that was kind of a, you know, a, a tough thing for it to accept. And, and I still consider like what we're doing as a temporary solution, you know, having these, uh, being a photo service like company um, is still temporary as we continue to grow that network. So 
just scaling something fast enough uh, to actually create a market marketplace to get enough um, momentum to to get to where a point where everybody like you know accepts what your idea is. Um, and uh, so we, we just tested that early on, and we quickly pivoted. But uh, I, I guess um, so. You found that that particular margin on top of every sale wasn't going to work, right? Yeah. Okay. And 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 now, um, actually, here's another thing: How many high stores do you know that have credit cards? You know, so like you're actually let's let's say for the big mass um, market, you know, high stores don't have credit cards; they just want the photos, take it to social media. And so it's important that we have a free model. Um, and and um, yeah, actually, another problem that we've had is um, that even though we offer free photos, people screenshot the photos. I was going to ask that. I actually kind of bit my tongue. I was like, let's not give everyone the no. cheat code. But <laughs> yeah, no, they still screenshot it, even though they can hi- download the high res version. Well, if they just screenshot it, then we don't have that data point. And we can't say, hey, this many people actually benefited from your sponsorship or from you like having us out. Um, so we're building all kinds of technology to, you know, we're, we're going to go completely app-based, which is completely different in our industry. Everybody's website-based. My background's on websites, so it's like website development and stuff. So it's a big transition for me to getting into, you know, going straight, you know, mobile. Um, but I think that it's the future because uh, um, the data, just being able to say, okay, hey, this person screenshotted it. Now we know that they benefited from our service. You know, right now. Well, can you can you still make it as a web app, but just make a, a mobile app that just kind of wraps that around to get that additional, absolutely, yeah. so, additional things that you want to do? Yeah. So we'll have like we'll kind of do something similar to like a YouTube model, where um, you know we we can say where do we want to deliver these photos and say okay, it's available on mobile, it's available on web. Some of that could have be, be time sensitive, so maybe for the first thirty days or sixty days, it's mobile only, and then it eventually goes to the web. But yeah, I mean, and actually, like we're since we go through so much volume, you know, you're talking about tens of thousands of people. Um, the apps have to be perfect. Yeah. So it's like we can't just roll out halfways, you know, half working system, especially if we're going to force people into this method. Um, I think we've determined it around episode four that no software really works the way that. No, none of it works. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. There's That's an, why they all have Stackify. There, I was going to say there's a different app for checking why why your software doesn't work, right? Yeah. Okay. That's Stackify. Stackify. Yeah. It's Stackify.com? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure that Stackify.com was the right yes, address for right, checking right. whether or not your own software works. Well, so, like, <laughs> <laughs> that was not a shameless plug. It, and we actually use Stackify to know if Stackify works. Yeah. It's hopefully, yeah. hopefully, it, yeah. it's not giving you too much information. <laughs> um, Brandon, that. How long do you keep this data? And that's got to be a pretty big thing, too, doesn't it? You know, with uh, cloud storage, um, you know, we use uh, Amazon for all of our storage. You know, it's it's nothing. And actually, there's a lot of uh, photo companies that they just get rid of it. But um, I don't. They just don't have a long term vision. I don't think um, for the data. They don't see the value in it. For us, we have years and years of photos, and a lot of people. It's the same people running races. You know, there's new people and they come and go, but a lot of people are doing these races, you know, week after week. And so uh, we'll be able, be able to launch uh, athlete profiles and, and things like that. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, but can, can you sell them like uh, coffee mugs and calendars and all kinds of crap like that with their photos? I mean, we're, we're gonna can you get sell, creative with that stuff? We're going to sell them some stuff, but right now we're totally focused on the user acquisition. So, like, that's what we've been doing the whole time is this user acquisition. 
um, we're finally getting to a point where it's like, okay, now that we have them, what do we do with them? <laughs> you know? so, and, so your goal now is to go to the race and get the race to pay you. Is it they usually is it a couple thousand dollars or something like that that they paid and then, and that helps you pay the photographers? Yeah, um, you know we we actually charge on like a per photographer per hour basis. Okay, um, and we. Um, we pay really well, so we hire the you know really professional photographers. And you do this all over the country. Yeah. So have so you done some international actually, events too? Not yet. Okay. Uh, we were just in Hawaii last month. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's another good part of the business is that you know. Um, but you have to find can, photographers in all these places, right? Yeah, but that's part of the community development, and you know, uh, just um, so we we got like a not- notification on a Saturday before the race, and then Hawaii, and and we left on Monday. So we're like, okay, we're going. We wanted to get some little bit of travel time before the race. Who wouldn't but, want to uh, go to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I mean that, that's a really good part of the the business that's kind of helped us be a little bit more sane because uh, you know we should do some fun things. Yeah. Uh, last year, like San Diego or San Francisco, or I mean, actually, we'll be in like uh, Savannah in, a, in like a, a week so, and a half. So do you and, go to like the Boston Marathon every year and stuff like that? Um, we should go to Boston because it's a great opportunity to network. We'll probably be going out there. I'm not sure if we'll uh, make it this year, but um, we, we need that on our schedule, even if we're not shooting it. Um, but uh, hopefully eventually we can work on that as well. So I've had a lot of photographers sign up for Gigabook, and I've talked to a few of them, and you know, a lot of them are kind of disrupted by the actual phones that we carry in our pocket, meaning the needs and ways that photographers are able to make money and do stuff has changed a lot because, you know, you look at years ago, you know, you weren't able to, I, I don't know, I can take a pretty high resolution picture with my, with my phone. How do you guys, uh, ha- has that had any effect on, or the perceived effect on totally. your business? So, so perception is that photos will be great. Um, we, in, initial or from the phone, um, initially we did a bunch of photo booths, like to where we would, we would take photo, we'd have a photographer staffed to shoot, um, you know, groups and stuff like that. And, um, now we don't really, we don't really want to do that. Um, we focus on actually the, the race part where we're, where we're getting a lot more volume. So to give you an example, like a photographer, um, shooting a photo booth may get 400 group photos. Whereas if they're shooting, you know, on the core somewhere, maybe like three or 4,000. And so from like a, um, just servicing everybody, it's been better for us to just focus on that portion and let people use their phones to take the photo or the photo booth shots. So yeah. a lot of the photographers that are doing this work for you. Is it, um, kind of a second job for them? Yeah, it's all freelance. So it's a great weekend gig for them to go totally. to these races and make a few bucks and have fun hanging right. out at the race. And- yeah. I was 3,000th out of 3,000 this morning. I know. We had to wait a long time. <laughs> I Actually, I didn't finish. <laughs> they gave me a ride. They were like, look, man, we can't just sit here and wait for you. Just throw you in a golf cart? Yeah. And then they charged me per mile. I didn't realize it had a little Uber thing on the front of it. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that Uber did, you know, actual marathons and races and stuff like that. Um, so Brandon, what's in the future for sports photos? Like, what do you, how do you see the company growing? Like, what are your, what are some of your big plans for it? Other than, you know, some of the stuff I, I, I think the app, you know, I, I like the, I, I think the idea for the, uh, you know, the online journal of all my races, I can see that being kind of cool. Cause you know, that's 
running a race and, you know, I joke about it because it's something I'm not sure I could ever bring myself to do, meaning run 26 miles or even 13 or whatever. Um, but that's, you know, that's an achievement every time that occurs. So I can see someone wanting to catalog that in a way. Is mm -hmm. that is that a future subscription-based thing for you guys or... Okay, so um, first part is like, what's the future? Um, I do think that we will have a uh, um, a subscription club, um, but it won't just be for photography. Our photography is really like a way to gain trust and gain, you know, have a brand that um, the athletes know. But then we'll launch a couple other things. Uh, so we're definitely looking at a subscription model um, where we help um, bridge some of the tech gaps in the race industry um, so we can... Uh, give people, it could be a discount club, you know, for access to races and different kinds of, you know, over um, inventory stack or, or, or swag. Um, and uh, also like, you know, we're, we're still developing this uh, club, but, but um, you know, so for our, for our, we, we think the app's the future, that's going to help us like really grow. Just so going back to that, you know, we have, last year we did uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Marathon and they wanted to put a football card around a football card frame. Um, so we think these frames are really powerful for brands to integrate. Um, and, and so I haven't seen anyone do frames or frames like this on professional photos. It's all been user generated content. So I think if we can bridge that gap. Um, so we have these football cards loaded on the uh, frames. And the, the tricky part is, you know, when we shoot these photos, sometimes we're zoomed out a little bit. So maybe they're a little bit further off. So at, well, once we were processing the photos and exporting these with the frames, um, you know, we actually had to crop every photo. So it's like, you know, we, have to, now we didn't even think about having to crop 30,000 uh, plus photos. Um, so it's a huge problem. But with our app, we can let them, we'll load the frame, load the image behind it, let them pinch the zoom, reposition themselves, and then they can lock the frame in how they want. Um, and then a lot of people wanted to go to Facebook with it, uh, you know, for their profile pic. Well, their profile pics are square. So, you know, now we have landscape frame, a portrait frame, and then it also needs a square frame to, to, to you know, make it a really consistent branded event. And so we're just, we're, you know, tracking down this, uh, you know, every single aspect of this. And it's, uh, it, it's great because now we, we get to deliver with, uh, for the sponsor, but then also in the app, we can control things like we want to show a video message when they download it. And we say, you know, hey, you know, like, thank you for running this event. You know, this sponsor brought, you know, this photo is brought to you by the sponsor. And so it's definitely going to be an ad technology um, platform. So like, you know, and we've talked to some other organizations um, for high school events and stuff like that. We think it will translate uh, from the races to youth sports and stuff like that. Um, we're just really happy with uh, races because we can integrate, we can work with like 10,000 people in a morning. And, uh, it, you know, I don't know a lot of startups that can just walk in, take a bunch of photos, get, you know, 8,000 users in a morning. You know, that's, that, that's not the way it normally works. Oh yeah. Usually just people will just show up like crazy. We have the plan on the wall, start up, yeah. cash in, sell out, buy a jet and then repeat. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, the real plan that's on the wall has got quite a bit of variations, but it doesn't include running a marathon either. No, that's not true. for you. I wouldn't repeat when I was done. I know that <laughs> for a fact. You know, you, you talk about cropping photos and dealing with that kind of stuff and not realizing, uh, you know, that one solution or perceived solution might create a bunch of other problems. I'll tell you what the struggle is real on that. I, 
Um, just We just did that with Gigabook. We gave our users better control of cropping their own images, like their logos or their service providers or whatever. And then all of a sudden we realized, oh, wow, we're not using the same aspect ratio on every single one of our booking applications. So we had to kind of stick with one of these, you know, just a square. And, you know, to take that to the next level, I literally subscribed to a uh, to canva.com so I can easily create the different shapes and everything. Like, I don't understand why cropping a photo is so hard. Like, it's really frustrating when you look at, like, the banner to your YouTube channel or Facebook or Twitter. Any of these things are all different sizes. You try to upload it, and it's too zoomed in. It's cutting your head off. And you're like, why can't I just get this in one way? So... Good luck with that. It's, it. it's definitely tricky. Uh, there, there's some tricks out there. Um, uh, there's some, uh, AWS has an article on um, generating, you know, everything, a lot of things are going in ser- serverless. So, a lot of, you know, these uh, applications are starting to be processed in real time on the cloud. So, for example, we can, and, and I'm not implementing this yet, but I, I want to because I think it'll save us a lot of, um, save the users a little bit of speed for bandwidth and stuff. But, um, and you can say here are the dimensions I want this image to be, and then it gives you back the image in the in the, in the right. Uh, and there's a service called Thumber, T H U M B O R, I think. Um, and it'll try to take the image and figure out what part of the image you should have, you know, based Ooh. on that size. Can I use that to crop Matt Watson out of all the photos that we're in together? You can try. <laughs> Thanks. Or can I, well, let me back that up. Can I use that to put Matt into all oh, okay. my photos? Yeah. I mean, I had a family photo like a month ago and Matt's not in it. And I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm like, where is Watson? I think we should Photoshop Batman into all the photos. Oh my God. All right. Should we tell that story just because? Yeah, kind I of think funny. we should. Yeah. So those are my favorite photos. They're really kind of funny. And we'll, you know, we'll post one of them. Okay. Uh, at my, my kids were born 11 days apart. And uh, so, of course, that means that one of them's getting cheated when it comes to a birthday party every year for the rest <laughs> of their lives. So we did a dual birthday party. One was one, the other was three. And, um, you know, we had a bounce castle and all this stuff. And the kids were having a good time. And the future attraction was my wife hired a Batman actor. And we hyped it up. We got the kids all excited. So it started with Batman being late. And then the Batman that came in, oh, man. I mean, you're really just going to need to visit the Startup Hustle Facebook chat to see how ratchet this guy really was. But it was such a remarkably uncomfortable feeling <laughs> that uh, my wife looked like she wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Would you say that was fair? Well, she found a man on Craigslist to come into our house. <laughs> it's not true. Dressed no, up as Batman. That's not true. It was actually through a service that oh, okay. actually does this. And the reason he was late was because this guy was booked all day. Um, his his Batman. <laughs> he, this is like Batman that woke up on the side of a dumpster or something. But we managed we managed to uh, turn the Thomas. I had been taking pictures at at my own event, and uh, you know we. Uh, we spent, you know, we actually turned that in. And here's the thing is like, you know, this guy was rented for like 45 minutes or an hour. So, you know, five minutes in, we're like, oh my God, what have we done here? 
And uh, we turned it into, <laughs> you hear some laughing in the background, Matt's sharing some pictures. Uh, Batman had two crooked ears, a rumpled <laughs> mask, and he looks like he's, what, maybe 19? He couldn't it? even see out of his mask. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, in order to kind of uh, loosen up the vibe and make my wife feel better and have a little fun, I, I actually made everybody at the party get their picture with Batman. So we've got a lot of Batman photos. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Um, so Brandon, how, how do we reach you contact you if we have an event that we want to do photos at, or maybe if I'm a photographer that's interested in, uh, bringing some business to your platform. Um, so you can definitely reach me at Brandon at sportsphotos.com as well as, um, going to the website and, uh, you can submit a support request or something like that. And we'd get back with you. Okay, so and you're going to see him at the KC Marathon. That's how you how you see him. I didn't qualify today. I didn't make the cut. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they were like, "Divorcee, you look good, but dude, you have to finish the race." <laughs> you know, here's the funny thing: it was only one lap around the track. <laughs> I know I was trying to raise money for charity. So if you're someone that pledged per lap, you actually don't even have to make a contribution. <laughs> um, so, well, Hey, Brandon, thanks for coming in. Uh, if you guys get a chance to check out sportsphotos.com, I've been there. There's a lot of cool stuff there. If you're a photographer, you're interested in doing some work, with Brandon, uh, reach out and uh, we're doing a photo session now, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And is Batman here yet? Yeah. He's waiting. Awesome. Brandon, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thank See you. you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.